now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. See, a United States Astro Robot becomes a creature of death. And these. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From class to cults and the cheese between, the movies are beep. The entertainment is grade A. And I'm your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I'm joined, once again, by my man, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Hey, good afternoon, Jay. I guess today we're going to do some feedbacks. Yeah, we're going to talk about Kong 76, so let's get right into that. First feedback um, is from Mr. Tim Elliott. Um, it says, episode 107, Monkey Business. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, nice coverage of Kong 76. I saw this in the theaters as a wide-eyed 10-year-old, and even though uh, I see all its faults, I find it very watchable. It's not on the same level as Kong 33, and it's and it suffers uh, an overload of 70s damage, but I watched this uh, over, I watched, I watched this over Jackson's version any day. Jason, you took uh, issue with Kong walking upright in the film. How do you feel about him walking upright in Skull Island? I never felt Kong was an overgrown gorilla, but a mutation or species simian, similar to an ape. This allows Kong to have human and simian attributes, keeping this short and looking forward to your next episode. Cheers, Tim Elliott, third degree burn. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the my issue with him walking upright was because they wanted, because the Kong Skull Island, we now know he's just a, he's a kaiju. Like, it's no longer now just about a, being an overgrown gorilla. But we see... Uh, the him, I don't know. It's just it doesn't look right when he's standing that way, and and we know we talk about Rick Baker saying Kong shouldn't be walking upright. He shouldn't be doing this. He's not a human. Like it made him more humanoid. I think when we see the way Kong looks in Skull Island, and then obviously uh, Godzilla versus Kong, right? You know, this year kind of thing. We are last year. We would see that you have a more humanoid gorilla or an ape. Per se, right? Um, but that's making that Kong, the the Kong and the race of Kongs, were not just a, a an, an ape that grew larger, but maybe a whole different species, which is what Tim's talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we get that necessarily from Kong seventy six, and we. I don't think we. I don't think we get that at all from Kong thirty three. I think Kong thirty three. He really is just an overgrown, like ape. Yeah, and but in but in Kong thirty three, in, in in some scenes, he actually does have his. His, his his hands on the ground yeah. as a four point stance. Right. I mean not not he when when he's walking through the, the jungle, he's he he I don't know, he's not straight up. He's more hunched. He's still over. hunched. I think that I think that's more my problem. Because it, Kong was very straight up and down, more was the issue. Uh you know, not so much that he but he, but he, he doesn't he doesn't doesn't look natural. But when you watch like but the, you know the thing is different. In Skull Island it's a young Kong and when you look at Kong, when he's much older in Godzilla versus Kong, right? He actually walks more over. He, he yeah. it's like it's like it's like when he was younger, he was able to stand up better. And now it's the weight of being now. See, there's also a difference between being uh, like 25 feet tall yeah, and, and 100 and something feet tall um, in there. I don't. Know, it's just it's just interesting to think about. Yeah. But it's it's literally. I mean, we go, you know, the, the, you know, everybody has their preference, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously. Uh, um, your your friend here did not appreciate uh, Jackson's, but I think Jackson's is a, is a is if you were going to redo thirty three Kong, 
he did an outstanding job. I think people's biggest complaint about Jackson's Kong is because it's like as if he because re, he's remaking that specific movie. Yeah. Right. But with all like, but but then I mean, people complain because well, you know, they had to amp this up and this is crazy and like, yeah, but like, of course it is. But of course it is. But that's like that's like saying I watched The Hobbit, the animated Hobbit from the nineteen. 19- 70s or 80s and I won't even look at Peter Jackson's stuff because it's too crazy like it's a different interpretation of what's there and again again, people don't have to like Jackson's Kong I find Jackson's Kong at times everything up to New York is great once they're in New York you could cut so much out of that movie yep the skating scene the skating scene like I mean so much could be cut out of that movie because I think it just bogs itself down in trying to be I don't want to say cutesy, but it's like it's too much. Like just we didn't need that. Right. But I think what happens is we go from a straight, true adventure action movie, and that stuff bogs it down, and that makes a lot of people not like it. But we also get a very different Kong in that movie. We don't get 33's Kong. That this Kong is very agile and whatever. Like you don't see King Kong jumping up and down on top of the Empire State Building and in 33. There's no way. First of all, he no. couldn't animate that. That would be insane. Yeah. The flying braces alone you would need is just insane. But the the it's just a different kind of film. Whereas like Kong 76. It has stuff in it that just, I'm like, I mean, the, the walking upright probably bothers me the most just because it looks wrong. The, the, the machine guns tearing the, 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 him apart at the end. You're like, like, you just, it's just, it's, it's not say infuriating, but you're like, there's no way in the world, like any, I don't care if it's a, it's a spe- different species, whatever, like any, any, you know, ape or, you know, mammal at that point, at that scale, the, the Gatling gun on the side should tear it apart. It should be getting killed by it. But it, it's, it's just different. It's also the idea of, you know, showing all the blood compared to whatever. It's I mean, you have to kind of in '76. You also have to kind of take you know Dewan with a grain of salt because that's you know Jessica Lange's you know you know portrayal there and whatever else. But all the different things aside, it is his own unique movie, which yeah. I think is the important part of this. It's not cookie cuttered. It's not a remake directly. It's very much like how King Kong Lives, which I covered with John LeMay, you know, uh, a while ago, right? That movie's not like any other Kong movie. I mean, does it have some parts you're like, you just like shake your head like, oh God, really? But yeah, but is there really cool stuff in it? There's some great ideas in there. There's some really bad um, matte screening, but that's another, that's that's a, somebody yeah. cleaning something up. But, See, the, you know. The word or the, the, the image of Kong means you know that for for different people and different producers yeah it's a way to make money yeah and then their interpretation that they put on the screen yeah is up for, is up for interpretation by everybody yeah and i know i know the thing is i'm not a fan of kong 76 because uh, i it, it just it i just didn't get hooked on it and yet that was there was no previous remake of Kong. No. So when 76 came out... Uh, well, the hype was through oh, the roof. Oh, you know, the, the, the Dino De Laurentiis, he had made... <clears throat> he had made all those big, big budget movies. Oh, and it wasn't and, that the budget was small on this. No, 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 that's what you I'm know, saying. So, this, yeah. And, and the hype was that you, you've never seen... How's that called? You've never seen anything like Kong. Yeah. And so... I, I think, though, I mean, for those people who have not read John LeMay's book, Kong Unmade, where he goes into great detail about the Universals trying to get Kong right. made as well, where they were going to use Danforth doing stop-motion animation and whatever, you start reading that, you're like, oh, that could have been pretty good. Like, yeah. But it obviously was doomed because of legal and all this other stuff. There's a whole lot of, like, there's, there's pages after page of all this stuff that John goes through. The idea, though, is, like, De Laurentiis, he wasn't going to make a movie that was small, but but no. it's not like Kong didn't make money. Kong made a ton of money. Oh yeah, and and the thing is, it's just but it's like but it's like what do you call? Um, it's it's like I I don't want to say like I mean most summer blockbusters like that are blockbusters, you know they make a ton of money, right? Kind of thing, and everyone's like, oh my god. But there's people who don't like those either. Like there's an entire series of movies that I don't like at all that literally make tons and tons of money because Marvel keeps making them or Disney keeps making them, and the Marvel movies come out, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's cookie cutter, but it's whatever. But it's not my cup of tea. That's okay. I think the thing is, in 76, we just didn't have that yet. Right. Right? And because remember, this is pre-Star Wars. Yeah, you have to remember, in the, in the late 60s and 70s, you had a lot of dark, you know, brooding movies. You know, like... Yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah. And so there was... I mean, when you when, when the... Uh, you know, you had... I mean, the, the, like... Well, the movie that won Best Picture with the... 
uh, John Voight and uh, um, I forget what it was. It, he was Ratso Rizzo. That one best picture, I think. Uh, I, it's not Guys and Dolls. No, 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 no. It's uh, it's the. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea because I because I certainly have never seen that movie. Well, it, it won. It was uh. 1969. It won best picture. It was about a basically a homeless guy uh, that. Makes uh, friends with or John. He he partners up with uh, John Voight, who comes, who's from the the Midwest. Comes in as he wants a he wants to have uh, affairs with pre, with very rich women, and uh, it I, I then just it just escapes me the name of it. It's the it's a Oliver. Cl- no, it's a class. yes. Oliver okay. is the only best picture to win. And no, no, no. Okay. The, uh, That's sixty nine, Dad. Go to then uh, in his seventy years or or whatever. Go to uh, okay. It's not that simple. Go there. I'm trying to do this live while we're doing this. Okay. Well, and nineteen seventy, the best picture was uh, Midnight Cowboy. That's it. Midnight Cowboy. That was off a year. It's not John Voight. Yeah, it's John. Voight. No, it's that's that's no, Midnight Cowboy is John Voight. He play and Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman oh, plays yeah, Ratso yeah, Rizzo. Yeah, 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 okay. And but that was as that was the type of movies in the late sixties and early seventies that were coming out. I mean, there were some slasher movies and what have you, but there wasn't any Jaws yet. There wasn't any Alien yet. So when no, this, there's no Star Wars yet. Right, no Star Wars. So. When when you, when this movie was hyped, hundred million dollars. I mean, that was a lot of money back then. You know, you're going to have Kong like you've never seen him before. The the buildup, especially the 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 scenes you see on TV that they had as a trailer, were. I mean, I remember saying, "We got to go see this. We got to go see this." Now I'm married, just a couple of years, but Mom and I went to go to the theater to see this, and when we walked out, you know. There were people that thought it was the greatest movie of all time, and then there were the people that I said I was just disappointed. Well, so in, in all and, fairness, folks, in 76, it's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest won the Academy Award. Yeah. For Best Picture. No, no, but that no, no, that, but, that had nothing to no, do... No, no, but listen to what I'm saying to you. That, so they, they, they are st- the movies that win the Academy Award yeah, and still, the movies that make money are not the same movies. Right, they're not the same They movies. used to be, yeah. but not anymore. No. That's when things started... Not, not saying that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest didn't make money, but... It literally, that's the problem. You start having movies that make a lot of money or movies that win Academy Awards. Right. So that's they're, they're mutually, and, and, they're, they're, and now they're mutually exclusive. I mean, even movies like The Towering Inferno or The Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. I mean, tremendously entertaining movies, but they're not, other than the special effects or, or sound or whatever, they're not going to be even be in the running for uh, the actors uh, for, uh, for Best Picture, you know, or, or for uh, the actor awards. Right. To give you an idea, like, so Jaws did not win Best Picture. No. Right? But nowadays, it, it has cause a chance to do it. Because, I mean, in 75, I mean, uh, the, what is this? The 7th of, in April of 75. So that means, so it's all the stuff from 74. That's what he called. That's The Godfather Part Two. Yep. The next year, 75. So it's it was done in March of 76. So the 75 was one for the Coco's Nest. So 76 itself, 76 itself would have been Rocky. Right. Because Rocky made a lot of money. Right. And then, and it was a very uplifting go, yeah, movie. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, but eventually you get to movies that no longer have to make any money to win an Academy Award. Right, right. Because as as um, what's his name is Iron Man. There, uh, um, Robert Downey would always tell us there's two types of movies. People make movies that want to be artsy and win awards, or I make movies that make lots of money, which is true. He does make lots of money. money. All right, here we go. Second email. This one's from Luke. Says, oh no, it wasn't the airplanes, was the 70s killed the beast. <laughs> Kong 76. Jay, on the Two Tree Freaks Network, Chris Honeywell and Scott Gardner used to describe certain films as having, uh, and TV shows as having 70s damaged, that's also what Tim said in his, uh, that were negatively impacted by the era in which they were made uh, when watched outside of their that context and reflective of the era's attitude and general malaise. Kong 76, I submit, may be the most 70s damaged movie ever. From its top, from its topical and quotation storyline to its cynically disguised as hip dialogue to its relevant, not relevant approach to the source material, all to its abysmal ending. This is a movie which only could have been made in 1976 and is all the worse for it. 
Uh, I may be prone to uh, making this criticism as I was born in 1980, but the only uh, folks I tend to see defending this movie are early Gen Xers or very late baby boomers who either saw it in the theater or were introduced to it as a child on network TV without the benefit of seeing Kong 33 multiple times as we did, owing to the lack of robust home viewing market uh, we later Gen Xers enjoyed. Viewing outside of that demographic mostly tends to see it as half-baked movie it really is. I will grant those defenders that indeed there is no accounting for taste and I am not going to begrudge anyone for enjoying a movie they enjoy, but still. All that said, I have no beef at all with Rick Baker's performance as Kong. Standing upright choice is certainly odd, but I can uh, also sort of get it in a giant monster sense at least. As if, uh, as and if I'm being honest, I really have no problem with Kong himself, at least insofar as his performance. He behaves like Kong, so that reads to me. The human characters utterly sink this movie, and despite the, bleed, the bleeding of nervous Daikaiju fanboys over the last few years, human characters do, in fact, matter in monster movies. Grodin chews the scenery like a comedy uh, opera villain. Pretty much everything Jeff Bridges does and says in the movie irritates me to no end, including his bonehead and obnoxious cheering for Kong killing the soldiers. And Jessica Lange is not ready for primetime, full stop. The dialogue she is forced to read doesn't, doesn't help either. About the only nice thing I can say about the cast is, man, look at all those character actors who got a payday from De Laurentiis. John, John Randolph, Renee, oh man, Aber Jones, Abergini, Abergini uh, Dennis Frimple, uh, Jack O'Hallahan, Jules, uh, Julius Harris, John Agar, Sid Conrad. <laughs> The less said about the inane Mechanical Kong, not to be confused with the much more popular Mechanic Kong, my absolute favorite kaiju of all time, uh, the better. What's amusing to me is that Toho tried something similar in 84 with their five meter tall Cybort Godzilla. The Cybort was computer controlled, hydraulically, hydraulically powered endoskeleton covered in urethane skin, about to be manipulated remotely to produce various actions. The cyborg was similar, uh, was similarly hyped and similarly sparsely used, although here Toho has always intended to use it for close-up hero shots of Godzilla, showing off the articulation and more animal-like movement of his head, neck, and jaw. But even all, all these decades later, the technology was not quite there yet. In any event, I applaud you for covering this one, even if it still doesn't hold up. Keep up the good work and looking forward to comes down the pike. Luke. So... Uh, Luke has I, a very differing opinion than Tim. I but in all fairness, Luke and Tim are very different in age. Like there's the 10 years difference, right. which is true. Because Tim saw it in the theaters, and Luke saw this at home, uh, like I did, and it just never held up. Right. I remember seeing this on Channel... I want to say it was Channel 5. It was before it was Fox. It was WNEW. And I remember very clearly watching this at Mimi's house. We stayed over down mm. at Mimi's one night. Yep. Mom was down there with, the, I don't know what was going on. We were down there. You might have, maybe you, might, you know what? It might have been a time you went to a Giants football game or something like that, a late one during, yeah. during the playoffs or something like that, right? So we went down and stayed over the night and came back the next yeah. day. For those of you, the Giants do go to the playoffs every oh, once in a while. Uh, the, uh, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, I the Giants wanna... have won Super Bowls <laughs> and they do do things like that. Just not <laughs> right <laughs> now. Um, but I guess it could be worse. Uh, so anyway, so the, the thing is, I have very clear memories of Luke and I watching this, uh, at Mimi's house when they lived upstairs. This is a long, long time ago. And just being like, wow, this just really isn't good. Like just remembering, like having seen it already, cause Luke and I saw it obviously here yeah. and then thinking like, wow, this is really not very good. But back then you had channel two, channel four, channel five, channel seven, and that's all you had. Yeah. So had nine and 11 too. But... Not always at Mimi's. It depends on how good oh, the no, TV no. was, yes, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But I'm saying is, but you, had, you, had, you only had very few channels. There was no cable or anything back then. So I remember watching this and thinking like, this is just not really good. Like I'm watching this not cleaned up on Blu-ray, not not digitally. Not this is with commercials. This is the TV cut. It's what just going ugh. And they keep hyping. Uh, up next, it was Kong battles the snake, and it's like oh, I hope he doesn't. Like maybe maybe they'll just maybe they'll decide to cut to a new movie. I, mean, I guess it could be worse. They could have put on Ishtar or something like that. But yeah. like it just is it to me. Kong seventy six does not hold water when you compare it to. The, the movies they made up to that point. And the other thing is, too, and, I, and people kind of, you know, again, I know it's not exactly this show's topic, but King Kong Escapes and King Kong vs. Godzilla do Kong better 
than De Laurentiis did. I understand this is a different kind of Kong, and people will make fun of the fact the way Kong looks in, uh, you know, the way Kong's face is and whatever kind of thing. But I think they do King Kong better in those kaiju movies than we than De Laurentiis does here. Because even though those are, again, we're watching in either Japanese with subtitles or dubbed maybe poorly into English, I think the, the stories there kind of hold together better. And it's not like you had to invent the story. You literally had the story handed to you. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. Having the oil and stuff like that makes it topical. Oh, no, no. Was, which is not the problem. That's no. probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, no, the story was fine. I mean... The skeleton of the story is okay. What hangs on the oh, bones no, is right. rotten. But I mean, when so. you delve into the into the uh, the background of this movie, it was Carlo Rambaldi yeah. who had he come had he delivered what he promised, we could have had a Kong that would have been spectacular. Yeah, but I don't think he could have. But no, but he that was that he was paid up front a million dollars to come up with the, the mechanical, the mechanical Kong. Kong that could look realistic, and what he came up with was was a, a statue that his eyes and his head moved, and that was it. And so they had to go a different way quickly. And by going to what they did, I mean the 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 premise of redoing Kong, even with the storyline as it was, it could have been spectacular. Right. Well, and but, the, that, but they the missed the mark yeah. on many many levels. Especially with with the, the the choice of actors. Now Charles Grodin's not a bad actor, but the oh. words that they put in his he, mouth. He, like Luke's right. He's like he is like an opera uh, yeah. villain. He, 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 all he's not doing, he's not Simon Legreeing, twisting, his, twisting mustache. his mustache. Yeah. yeah, but but the thing is this though, and this is what I'm saying. There's no way. There's no way he could have come up. But he promised. He sold him a bag of beans. Like that's the problem. Like the, if you're stupid enough to believe, well, if if okay. The year before Jaws, the mechanical shark didn't work. If the shark doesn't work, how could a giant gorilla work? Right. Like, there's no way the sharks. I mean, again, I know Jaws is supposed to be big, but but Bruce never worked. Right, it never just, worked. Think about how many times you actually see the shark in the movie. Well, that's they, what makes Jaws so much better. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's because it didn't work. Yeah. They did. They there's only a handful of scenes, and a lot of them are. You know he's there, but you don't see him. Right. But, the, but the tension. Well, is but great. I think that also but, too. But that also speaks to that speaks to Spielberg as a director and like the idea right, and the no, idea, like right. and having having you know Robert Shaw and and you know uh, you know um, oh good lord I just forgot the other um, Brody I forget it it's uh, uh, Roy Scheider and like you know and and I, and obviously uh, you know the idea is having having actors who can deliver the lines and do whatever and you believe them in their roles. Everyone's believable. Like you believe who's there. When you have actors who are again, like whatever words you want to put in their mouth, if you delivered in a way, like when Jessica Lang speaks, you don't believe that she. You think she. I'm just reading this. Right. Like you don't believe that she cares. She doesn't care about the environment. If you had someone who actually sounded like they cared about the environment, you're like, oh, okay, this movie's stupid. Yeah. But she cares. Yeah. You know. I mean, but think about what what after after this movie. I mean, her career took off, and she actually is a pretty good, pretty good actress. Right, right. But the thing was, she wasn't ready yet no, for she this. Wasn't, yeah, and th but think about this. Though. I mean, they the, the, the De Laurentiis paid uh, Rumbaldi the, the to be the special effects guy, and it didn't work out. But up and up and, by 1976, you had a half a dozen quality Harryhausen movies that had they used Harryhausen. No, I'm just, I'm just yeah. doing a what yeah. if. Had they used Harryhausen to envision this Kong, like they would have done with Danford in the, the Universal in the Universal thing? Do, do you think the movie would be a hell of a lot better? Of course it would. Yeah, I mean, even the acting might be decided. But this is, and this is what gets me, because we're only a year removed from Star Wars, which literally right. blew everything right. out of the water. But it's like the guy you got wasn't cutting edge, right? The, the guys working on Star Wars, I mean, they were, I mean, they talk about nobodies at the time, right? I mean, kind of thing. And I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to, like, degrade these guys because they're, you know, Dennis Murin and all those guys. Yeah. But they were not the guys yet, right? But they did stuff, you're like, oh, my God. Like, they did stuff you think, now people look back at Star Wars and like, oh, it's quaint. Like, 1977, this thing, your mind melted. It didn't understand what you were watching. Everything looked real. Yeah, it was real, right, kind of thing. So, but that's the, that's the key. When you think about 76... It wasn't like it was, it had to come out in 76. It wasn't like it had to come out that year. It, no one knew Star Wars was coming in 77. 
you already had Jaws in 75. So like, so I know why they wanted to do it, because they wanted to follow up Jaws with Kong. Right. And that's the whole thing, that Kong was going to be bigger than Jaws. That was the whole ad for the exactly. movie. Yep. But it's like, and it was. And the budget was so much bigger, and it fell so much harder. And that's part of the problem, is that if you aim high, you better hit it. Because if you don't, it's a long way to the ground. Yep. So we have one last email here. This is from Jack Bond. Uh, Jack said, Kong 79. You'll hear why. Uh, I hadn't thought about this that in years. I didn't see it in 76, but I think in, the, in 77, to, F- to Fly went national, or at least to the IMAX at Cedar Point, and we saw it then. I'm very sure it would have been a separate ticket from getting uh, into the park, but I'm also certain my dad wouldn't have paid too premium a price after admission for four kids and two adults. So yeah, helped out, uh, helped put it over King Kong, also, but not seeing Kong in the theater. Um, I have to I have checked publications at the time, but I thought uh, they they stuck to the story they were using a giant robot for the special effects until the release. When any kid could tell it was a man in a suit, and another kid told me, dampening my enthusiasm. Also dampening my enthusiasm was that it was at the theater in the mall. This wasn't a uh, special cinema sl- uh, section built into the mall. It was a storefront on a concourse, <laughs> a small screen, but they tried. Uh, they got movie. They got the movie Earthquake, and they actually gave accidentally gave a free uh, sense around experience to the change room in the shop next door. But they tried. So I got. I'll go back to Jack's email in a second. So what he's saying is when Earthquake, when it's the sense around. Yep. So the change room next door, someone's in there getting shaken around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good gravy. Jack continues, so that special effects robot was a bust. I think the Japanese built a large but not life-size Godzilla with some movement in the 90s. This is all the same stuff like Luke was talking about, right? Um, They made some full-scale models of their famous giant fighting robots, but without any articulation. That leaves us with the only slightly animatronic Kong on the ride. The media will occasionally worry that we don't have the ability to deflect asteroids. No one seems concerned that we still don't know whether we can build a mechanical Kong if we need one. Uh, At least it it wasn't Rick Baker's idea to walk upright, but whose idea was it for Kong to hide around the side of a building and lean out to peer around the corner? That's when I lost it. Thanks for sharing your knowledge on New York City. Your discussion with your father suddenly reminded me of the movie Quick Change with Bill Murray, Gina Davis, and Randy Quaid arguing while they drive through the city. Please tell me that movie was accurate. It is hilarious. All right, let's stop there. So Quick Change, which is not yep. going to be covered on this show, because, I mean, Quick Change, I love that movie. And that's why I bought through the Blu-ray when it came yeah. out. That movie, But it is so New York. That movie, it, people who don't aren't from New York don't know if they're looking at New York or not. We can tell. We can kind of... When, when it's Toronto, we can tell you it's Toronto. Toronto. But they did a lot to make sure that everything you kind of saw made sense in New York. Is it 100% accurate? No, of course not. can't be 100% accurate. But let's be honest. What movie could really shoot in New York City the amount of scenes, buses, police... Like, you can't do that stuff. Yeah, especially especially with the... With the the wide angle camera, yeah. where there are real people just doing yeah. their thing every day. I mean, no, there are shots in there, and it's like yeah. Bill Murray walking across oh, or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's very hard. See, remember in Tootsie, when Dustin Hoffman's walking on the sidewalk yeah. as in, and he's dressed up like a woman. There, that's real people, and there's extras. But there's the other, the, the stuff behind him is real. But no, you can't see those people. They're all kind of soft focused, right. right? Because there's no way in the world someone would have recognized Dustin Hoffman looking like a lady. Like, oh my god, look at that guy! Because like, so, because it's New York City, and the stuff that people would say, I can't say on this podcast because it's all ages, mm-hmm. right? I'm just saying, right? And none of it is flattering. That's what I'm just saying, the kind of thing, right? Um, but yeah, no. Well, in, in, the thing, one thing you must say, if you're da- if you're walking, no, uh, let's, let's say you're walking on Fifth Avenue, okay. and you. There's, everybody's pretty blasé about a, a movie star. You would let's say, for the sake of argument, Harrison Ford is is walking out of Tiffany's on Fifth Avenue to, after he bought something. Everybody would notice that it's Harrison Ford, but nobody's going to run up to him and say, "Can I have your order?" Well, no, there are people who do that, but those are not usually New Yorkers. No, right, they're, they're, they're not city people. Right, they're they're right. the people who aren't from the city. Right, and and not that I'm from the city, but it's like, but it's like anything else. Okay, so it's like, uh, remember we're going to the Ranger game. We're going up and we're we're walking through the garage. Yep. And um, no, we're not going to the Ranger game. Excuse me. We were going to the circus. Because because we had to get upstairs to the to, to we, were, we were getting in the elevator right. and James Patrick walks out he's the defenseman for the Rangers at the time when he teamed with Brian Leach and we're like oh it's James Patrick and everyone's like 
hey, great game, right? Kind of thing, right? He just walked by him and he's like, all right. And he gets into a Mercedes and leaves, you know, kind of thing, right? Or at Yankee Stadium, people will scream because they want autographs from like Aaron Judge, but all the players parked there. But I mean, it's not like people are like breaking down the fence. They want an autograph because it's a ball player. But like, you know, we how many times are we standing there after we, we, we get there, we walk to the gate because we want to go in the gate so you can get towards Monument Park. Right. And David Wells would walk by and David Cohn and those guys. And you know, like, oh my God, hey. like, hey, hey, great job, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, we're going to win today because it didn't look good yesterday, you know. <laughs> and those are the nice things people would say uh, because the other stuff people would say, again, not appropriate for an all-ages show. Anyway, so, but yes, uh, uh, Jack, um, quick change is very, I wouldn't, it's not 100% accurate, but it's very accurate in what they do. The neighborhoods are, at the time, accurate, maybe not today, but at right. the time they were accurate. Um, the guys on the, like, I mean, I, I can't guarantee you you're going to see two guys jousting on bikes. It's bad luck just seeing something like that. Um, but that kind of stuff happens in the city. The other thing is, too, and I think people kind of forget this. Um, and we, we see this when we go to the city because we don't walk down Fifth Avenue and do all the touristy stuff. We're kind of like cutting and dodging and whatever, right? When you walk down the, where everyone, all the touristy stuff, okay, it's fine. There's all the shops and whatever, right? But when you start getting down to like near the Javits Center, like you're getting down to like, you know. Where people live. People live. Yeah. Like it's 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 just a neighborhood. It's, there's nothing yeah. to it. I mean, it's gross. Because it's the city, and I think everything in the city is gross, but it's like, it's just, that's what it is. It's not all Fifth Avenue. It's not all, right. you know, uh, Grand Central. It's not all, it's it's not Times Square. That's the thing. People think of Times Square, New York City. People who've never, maybe only been here once. You're in, oh, look at the words and look at it. Like, I mean, Kelly loves the words going around the building because she thinks it's yeah. funny. But like, it's not like, when I'm in Times Square, the one thing I want to do is leave. I don't want to be in Times Square. Right. And here's the kicker. There was a time you didn't want to be in Times Square. Sure. Good for, Lord! For, for your life. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I've had lunch in Bryant Park with Kelly. We saw, not the, it wasn't Circus Soleil, it was the other circus one that's yeah. crazy. We saw that at Bryant Park at night. At night. At Bryant Park at night was just all junkies with needles. All day long was junkies with needles. That's, that's Needle Park. That's what it is. And that's the crazy part. Those things, when you watch movies that really were filmed in New York and have that part of it, those things show up in those movies and you're like, that can't be real. And it is. Yeah. The problem is now it's not like that anymore because they cleaned up. I mean, New York was cleaned up a lot, a lot, a lot. It's very, Times Square is very Disney and whatever. So, yeah. Right. I mean, there's still, there's still, oh, no, there's still parts of New yeah, York you don't want to go to. You don't want to be in. Yeah. But still. So, oh my gosh, you know the scene where Wong compares the night to the blackout in 65 and all the little babies born nine months later? That gives me a project. Kong would have been in the drive-ins in the summer of 77, so I've got to find out which of my friends was born nine months later, <laughs> say spring of 78. Then I've got to get, get them to watch this movie at least up to that scene. Then I've got to start the conversation, work it around to that scene, to the drive-ins, to how boring the movie is, and keep dropping hints, and then realize I'm suggesting they may have been children of Kong. Um, I also remember. I also remember a few nostalgia uh, articles on Kong Thirty Three back then. From what they say, I wonder if they were inspired by pure release from the RKO, hoping to steal back the thunder from the Paramount movie. Conversely, my Paramount DVD and Warner Brothers collector tin both have the date of two thousand five, since that they rode the coattails of the Universal Kong. Um, I know I've been all over the place, but one final tangent, a nostalgia article on the 40th anniversary of Superman the movie said it was the first remake type thingy to acknowledge its predecessor with Kirk Allen and uh, Noel Neal in cameos as Lois parents. Um, it sounds amazing, but I could th couldn't think of an earlier example. In fact, stories of Hollywood remakes of earlier movies are often foreign films mention the studio's impulse to try to uh, bury the original. I wonder if Superman producers were encouraged by seeing how publis uh, publicity comp comp competition from the old Kong did financially hurt the new Kong, Jack. Which is a good idea. Which is a good point. Now, Faye Ray was still alive in '76. Oh, she, sure. she surely could have been someone. In, like, I mean, Peter Jackson's everyone's dead. I mean, by that point, it's just way too late, right? Kind of thing. But I mean, she would have been an older woman. But she should. She Faye Ray could have been surely in '76 Kong. Right. You could have tried to tie in. Now, I don't know if the other the uh, like uh, Bruce um, Armstrong and uh, or not Bruce, Bruce Cabot. Bruce Cabot. Right. I don't know if those guys were all still alive. But if they were, that would make. I would have put them in the movie. Yeah, well the, well, the thing is, you had, I mean, the, you could have had uh, cameos uh, in the movie. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, the Mighty Joe Young that Disney did, uh, Harryhausen's in there. 
and 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 what and some and one of the other uh, actors actresses and they're at the table and sure yeah. enough when 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 mighty Joe Young does his yeah. thing. Uh, Harry Hausen, yeah. you could see his face and his yeah. expression. I mean, that's done all the time. But it wasn't, though. That's what he's yeah. saying. It well, wasn't until Superman did it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, but De Laurentiis was making movies. I mean, who's he going to put in? I mean, he the, he could have put in some of his, his European no, actors. No, 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 no. Actresses. What I'm saying is, but if you put in Faye Ray... Yeah, but I, I bet you he didn't even he wouldn't have he even put, thought about. Right, of course, no, of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. But I'm saying is, but there's a chance right there to have some goodwill coming that way because a Universal, uh, you know, uh, not Universal, but RKO, which is Universal, right, kind of thing. Them trying to bury this movie again. It all goes back to the idea that they're trying to fight over making the same movie, and then he threatened to sue them, and they didn't want to lease all the money because they're like, we're not going to waste all the money on the movie and getting sued, Dude. so the movie doesn't happen. Like you, you probably could have done this better. And had everyone working together to like whatever, yeah. but that's not Dino De Laurentiis in the way he thinks, um, which is fine. I mean, again, you know, he made lots of lots of money and lots of lots of movies. Um, but be that as it may, the idea though is that that idea of of paying homage to your previous movie is so it's done now constantly. You pay homage. To, I mean, Invasion of the Body Snatchers '77, right? I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy is in the movie, in the movie. You, you know, basically playing himself. You yeah. know, kind of thing, and he's still screaming. Yeah, right. But but they had to make the movie in there, and people love that because, yep. to be honest, seventy seven, which is fine. Oh, it, we just watched yeah, it. I mean, it's not as good. Fifty seven is so much better. Oh, I mean, no, no, the original no. fifty six oh, is so much better. Yeah. It's so much better. And the thing is, seventy seven is better than the, the remake they made, the invasion with uh, was it Naomi Watts and whatever, because that has got too far afield. But like the problem is in seventy seven, that movie literally screams it's the nineteen seventies. Like, it, you, like, you know, it's all 70s. But the difference is, just like 56, that scream is the 1950s, the way he acts, the way they yeah. talk. But that movie looks like such a slice of history. It's such a slice of, like, this could have actually been something that really happened, the way it was narrated and done, whatever. The issue with 77 is they had to turn it up. You had to have, you know, you had to have some nudity. You have to have, you know, the, the dog with the face. You have to, like, you have to kind of push the envelope a little bit, which I get. It just, I don't think they kind of... I think it, it just wasn't what – it's not what I want to see. Because right. I, I, I no, the I, story is still similar enough where it's not like they lost the story in it. But I don't think it gives me what I want to see in a mo- like a modernization yeah. of it. Oh, no. I, and plus I, it's only 20 years. Yeah, it's only 20 years no, difference. We, we enjoyed it. My mom and I enjoyed the movie. Uh, she said, I don't remember seeing this movie. So that's that's when, when she says that, I'm really happy because now – She's going to be interested in watching it. Right. I mean, at the end, when when uh, Donald Sutherland has 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 changed. Yeah. I mean, and then it, it just it, it goes in. That was the type of ending that the original was supposed to have. Yeah. But when they did the the screening, oh, people hated it. People said we can't have the end of the world. Right. So that's yeah. how it's in there. But to have Kevin McCarthy. Um, right in the very beginning of the yeah. movie, as I'm saying, it's like he's still running. Yes, well, that's that's the joke yeah. is that he's been running for twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, and but it's but it, you know what the thing is, and I think that's also too. Um, uh, you know, when you look at the, that, the amount of the budget for the '77 remake was way more sure. than ever they did with it. But that's because the movie was made. But it's also different between Don Siegel as a director and like you know, yeah. and but it's also how it was shot, that film noir look, the the angles, the like the yeah. darks. The lights, that like all those things make that movie so much more than just a little, you know, you know, 78, 80 minute movie than it is. But the difference is, is that when you look at like some of the later remakes, like the one, like they did, they, um, I want to say, was it, uh, the Body Snatcher? I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, but it, that takes place on an army base and it's different and they changed it around and it's not bad. But it's like it's not exactly the same thing. Like right. I think it's not. Um, it's it's. I think it might be Meg Tilly, not Jennifer Tilly. And it's Meg Tilly before she retired. Um, she done like Psycho too. It's Meg. It's Jennifer Tilly's sister. Um, but like the, like those things, you start looking at that stuff. Uh, you know, or maybe I said that backwards. Um, the idea though is that like you look at those, they're not quite the same. But it's okay. I mean, again, it, it has its place. I think what happens with Kong seventy six is that it it. If the story was great and the acting was good and the, and the suitmation was and then the suit stuff wasn't great, okay. If the the effects and stuff were great, but the acting, okay. But when you fail, 
and then fail and then fail and everyone's like like there's nothing there's nothing to hang your hat on and i think i think uh luke hit on it and 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 and, uh jack did as well if you were a child at that time you love this movie that's why tim likes it because he again he saw it as a 10 year old luke and i are watching this i mean when we're born after we're watching this after the fact but i had had the luxury of actually seeing kong you know 33 i probably had seen godzilla i probably had seen other like it wasn't like kong 76 was like the first movie i sat down and watched and the reality is i mean we had probably seen a number of godzilla's uh you know the you know the the movies that came afterwards all the other sequels so it wasn't anything like blowing my mind and we had seen star wars yeah that's the killer you had a chance before star wars came out this was your opportunity who knew? If you knew Star Wars was coming out, maybe they changed their mind about how this is shot. Maybe it's done differently. Maybe you do whatever. But because once Star Wars came in, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Star Wars, the, the original, the New Hope, I mean, New Hope is game changing. Like Empire Strikes Back just raised the bar more. I mean, I remember being so hyped for what, two years, losing my mind, wanting to see Return of the Jedi. Just wanted to see. I got to see it. Got to see it. Got to see it. All I talked about was Return of the Jedi. And I, and I look back at it now, well, wow, really? But yeah, because it was so, because you because we would see a picture of the Rancor, and I was like, what is this thing? Like, what is this? And, you know, and your mind just couldn't handle what you were getting. And then when the movie comes out, of course, it does, you know, huge box office, and it, it delivers on all the things. And even if people don't like Return of the Jedi compared to Empire Strikes Back, right. story-wise, or New Hope, whatever. You well, know, everything is still continuous. Yeah. Right, I mean, but again, however you might feel about the story, because let's be very honest, the story in Return of the Jedi you get a little bogged down with the, the the Ewoks and the whatever. I mean, the story in Empire Strikes Back is the it just goes. I mean, it's just story. And the bad guys win, which was always a better story. Um, then the good guys have to get their come up. You know, kind of the, the, the face has to get his win over the heel at the end because you got to have the blow off. Um, but I think that's part of what happens too. And you look at that, if you had known what you had coming after you, because you already had Exorcist was out, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jaws was out. I mean, you had blockbusters. I mean, you would have had blockbusters, so it wasn't like there was not, never a block. See, if you're the first blockbuster, and some people argue about what it might be, I know having seen pictures of the lines of people to get into Psycho, yeah, like, oh, yeah. st- like standing there all day just to get in to see Psycho, because yeah. that movie was. But people don't even look at it as a blockbuster. Like they talk about blockbusters being the big summer, whatever, the Jaws and the whatever. But people, there's lines of people. And once once the show started, there was no one allowed in late. Right. So if you didn't get there on time, sorry, Charlie, stand online. Yeah. You know? I mean, in those well, in those days, Psycho is not that long a movie, so you could you could probably play it maybe eight times mm-hmm. in the day, and and I don't remember again that was 1960. I, I was yeah. I, I don't think they would even allow me in to no. see it at that point. I was I was what, 10 years old, 11 years old, but. Uh, I, when we finally get to see it, you you realize just how good the movie is, and yet there are there there are critics that say, you know, why did you kill off uh, you know the oh. lead actress? But again, that's not the story. The story is the deterioration of the of dates. Uh, yeah. Well, but I'm saying what I'm saying is the idea of the blockbuster can go yeah. back that far. And let's be let's call suppose I mean again, well, no, but you had you but had, there were blockbusters before that. Sure, there was Ben Hur, Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, I mean, before that, <clears throat> yeah. King Kong, the original thirty three King Kong. Right. People could not get enough. King Kong was such a hit. They made Son of Kong, and it came. They started Son of Kong when King Kong came out. It was such a hit. They finished the movie and put it in the movie theater the same year. Yep. That's impossible. And it wasn't like they just re- they took footage of Kong and we went in there. It's a whole new yeah. well, stop motion. The, and and now, Son of Kong is not quite up to King no, Kong. But, it, but, it, but good God, it was out. I mean, and, and what Channel 9 used to do was move, pull, you know, mm-hmm. blend the two movies together, and which, which was fine. But what you had after King Kong, there really wasn't another movie anywhere near that, that, that in, in, its, in its genre, that... Uh, uh-huh. Well, that that was a, a major hit. A lot of them were the the romantic comedies, the uh, the, the Humphrey Bogart movies. Yeah, and, you know. So, well, I mean, but again, yeah. that was that was the times. And then you had the film noirs coming out in the forties, right? Well, you had the what I mean, the thing is like movies like Gone with the Wind and Casablanca, like yeah. the all time classics, yeah. like those and, things. But they were they, they were, were they are, those were not the norm. 
they no, were yeah they were few and far yeah, between yeah but I'm saying Kong might be the first blockbuster if you want to call it that I mean it's called that because the idea is that people are stampeding to get you breaking your yeah. block I mean what what makes a blockbuster a blockbuster is the anticipation of the movie it comes out and then word of mouth. This is spectacular. Yeah. So now everybody says, well, I got to go see the it. The thing is, Kong played and played and played, and they reissued Kong, right? Yep. Dracula, Frankenstein, all the garbage, quote unquote garbage, that no one's going to like. Like, who, who could like Dracula? Who could like Frankenstein? Dracula and Frankenstein were reissued and reissued and reissued. Because remember, there was no home video. There wasn't even, it wasn't on TV. Right, and they used to play the two of them together. Together, yeah. And and people were, I mean, it just, it's, to me, it's one of those things, and, and it's not to take away from like, Gone with the Wind or like the whatever. Like, let's not take away from those classics that they became, like, you know, those kind of things. But you look at like those kind of movies, Gone with the Wind was not made for a genre audience. It was made to no, be the, a well, the, major, no, no, but it's not well, a genre Margaret, movie. Margaret Mitchell's book was the number one bestseller yeah. runaway. And so when they said that, and then you had Clark Gable yeah. was the biggest actor, the biggest star actor in yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah. And he's going to play Red Butler. My, my, your mother still swoons watching that movie because she says, "My her mom." Oh, yeah, so it was it was grandma's favorite. Her mom, oh, yeah. when it was on, you had better not yeah. say a word. She she goes so so. My grandmother, my mom's mom, would never have never have tolerated Luke and I riffing that because yes. we riffed the living heck about it one night. And for those who were thinking like, "Oh, riffing is easy," try riffing even like a thirty minute. Like TV show, it is hard to come up with jokes. Luke and I did that on the off the cuff on the fly. Were all the jokes landing? No. Were they all pretty funny? Yes. yes. Why? Because we've seen Carol Burnett, and we know what Carol Burnett's going to do <laughs> with a pair of dr- Haley. Haley had never seen that, so Kelly knows it, right? Of course, and Kelly loves Gone with the Wind and her mom and all that. They all love yeah. Gone with the Wind, right? So I said, yeah, I said, Haley, you got to see this, and we show, and Kelly's like, you're not going to show. She's like, yeah. So we show her Carol Burnett with the um, uh, blown by the wind or whatever they call it, right? And the yeah. sword in the window. Yeah, I said I had to have it, and it's the with the drapes on her, and Haley's like, she's wearing the curtains, and I'm and Kelly's laughing because it's funny making fun of something she likes. It's really funny, but that's part of what happens. Like you know, it's. We, we talk about it all the time, and Luke and I talked about this uh, when we when we talked about um, Godzilla, um, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla when we covered that back uh, in 2021. Like Mechagodzilla is one of the is the, the big baddie. I mean, he, outside of King Ghidorah, he is the biggest heel in all of you know the MonsterVerse, right? So. Like Godzilla is bigger than life. You say Godzilla, people may have never seen a Godzilla, but they know who Godzilla they is. Know they know King Kong is. You know Santa Claus, Ronald McDonald. Like the thing is, Gone with the Wind. Even if you've never seen Gone with the Wind, you know, just start talking in a Southern accent and do whatever. People are like, oh, I know what you're talking about. They don't have no idea, right? They may conflate seven movies together to make that movie. They may have no clue, but the idea is that it's become bigger. It's cultural, right? King Kong is that. Thirty three Kong created a a vision of what people knew who King Kong was. So when, again, I wasn't alive in 76, but like you said, when they're saying 76, you've never seen a con- people are like, con- yes, right. this is a this is a gold mine. This is what we want. I, I got to tell you this, is that the mindset of the, of the general public uh, and movies back in the 60s and 70s was that the hype that you, because there was still newspapers. Oh, and, sure. And to give you an example. Full page ads when, and stuff. When Rodan came out, in the in the center of the daily news, there was there was there was Rodan, and then there was little pictures, mm-hmm. uh, like the the the, the yeah. lobby cards on either side, and so well, you had to go see Rodan, yeah. right? Yeah. But you, but the thing is, the today there may be huge movies coming out, but again, if it doesn't get the the reviews from you know, that well, it's, okay, movies nowadays are completely and yet, different. And yet, every every movie that you see today, even the even the the regular dramas, it's got to cost five million, ten million dollars. Yeah. Oh no, movies I mean, movies I mean, nowadays, the the cost on a movie, like like we were just talking about, um, um, that's the one with the rod, Jungle Cruise. Can they remember that yes. Jungle Cruise? I mean, that movie, you know, it had a cost just just looking at the movie alone. You knew this thing had to be super expensive, but it's Disney. Disney doesn't care because they're going to make their money back. Even during a pandemic and whatever, they made their money. Okay, right? You watch like any of the Fast and Furious movies. All of them are not cheap to make, especially the later ones. They don't make their money back. Godzilla versus Kong. That movie was not cheap to make. It made its money back. Because why? Because it's going to make the money. Because even in a time when people weren't allowed to go to a theater, people are like, I got to see this. I got to see this. And that was on HBO Max. 
you know, and they got paid money by HBO Max to have it there, of course, kind of thing, and it wasn't the deal they necessarily wanted. But the idea, though, is those movies make money because you have audiences now with the available... Movies are more available now than ever before. Media is so available and consumed so differently than it was. When media was only consumed... Like, by the radio, listening to it. Like, television wasn't even, like, television, yeah. like we know. And, you know, you couldn't just watch a movie. Every week, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to watch, you know, Chiller Theater because I want to see what movie they're showing. That's what the, the two packages they sold through, Son of, uh, you know, Fright and Son of Fright. And you're like, what's on? Dracula? Awesome. We're going to watch Dracula this week. What's on next week? Frankenstein. Like, okay, it wasn't anything new, but you knew them and they were, they were the, like you kind of, you didn't have them any other way. There was no VCRs. There was no whatever, let alone streaming or Blu ray right. or whatever. Or, or the idea that you could see something so clean that you could see literally yeah, every line and everything. And the thing is now with the, with the, with the multitude of streaming uh, stuff that you have on, on your, the big screen TVs at home, the, the enjoyment, of having this anticipation of seeing a blockbuster movie in a theater is waning. Well, some people that, like it. I'm, I'm well, not somebody who does. Right, but so that's because I don't like so, but, movies. But the movie, the movies theaters are the ones that are. They, yeah. they're not full. I mean, they may well, be full for the first day of, of let's say, F9 or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, Fast and Free. But by the second weekend, no, because you know that. Uh, Amazon Prime. Well, or, yeah, well, or, or, not that. Not just that. You can add, add through Amazon Cinema. A lot of the movies right. after the first week, you can watch them at home. That's what I mean. And for twenty dollars rental, you get to rent it for forty eight hours, and you can watch many times as you want for forty eight hours. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no. But I'm saying people have gotten to that to be enjoyable because, well, well, for a long time, I was the minority. Hey, saying I'm going to movies on Sunday morning when everyone's still drunk or at church because I hate people and I don't like them around me and I want to do I want to sit in a movie theater to be just you and me in a movie theater watching Kong right we were Skull Island that's how we saw it right. I I don't want people near me people ruin everything and I still stand by that today and that's fine if people don't like that the thing is watching a movie at home the only people who can ruin it is is Haley and Kelly right and I mean and Haley she's excited to watch a movie a new movie it's new I mean. I may not always be super psyched to watch whatever, you know, like right. Paw Patrol or whatever we're going to watch. Cause like, dad, this is the, this is the movie, dad. I'm like, let me guess. I bet Chase is on the case. That's what I'm betting, Haley. Like, but you know what I'm saying? But like, like they watched, they went like when it, when it was on HBO, they watched King Richard. Right. And I yeah. was working during the time that, but they were like, this was so good. We wouldn't have gone and seen King Richard in the theater, but they watched it at home yeah. and they both loved it. Right. So did mom and I yeah. did. I mean, when we sat at home, and we saw, let me give you a couple of movies that we watched at home and we said, uh, what a great movie. And yet on our big screen TV, it's your your eyes are, you're close enough to the thing yeah. that you get the same effect. The Irishman, absolutely fantastic movie. Uh, One Night in Miami. Mm -hmm. that was It's an absolutely incredibly good movie. Um and you know, they were but all, not, those are not movies you're going to go to the theater to go see right. necessarily. But yet, because but yet, you would have seen them when they came to DVD or yet, Blu-ray. But, but 20 years ago, if the move a movie like those, now the Irishman might have gotten it because it's it's a Scorsese movie. But One Night in Miami, as good as it is, you would have had you would have had half full theaters. Yeah. Because it's not a subject matter that's going to it's going to well, but, yeah, somebody right, to but it's also to. it's not an action movie. It, it doesn't it doesn't have it's not it's not a romantic comedy. Right. There's there, the thing is no matter how good the film might be, there's not a lot of people going to go back and see it a second and third time. Right. Which is what like Three Men and a Baby when it first came out, it stayed in the theaters forever because everyone's like you got to go see it. It's, it's so it's funny. funny. And I'm like and it's fine, but it's not nearly as funny as everyone made it out to be. But the problem is it kept going and going and going because it was a, it was a, during that time there was no other big hit coming out. It was it stayed right. hot. Yeah. And that's but that happens with a lot of them. Anyway, the idea though is um and again this is again we're talking about Kong 76 and the idea that like uh, knowing again if you knew what was going to happen afterwards it's, it's always, hindsight's always 2020, 20, right? And looking back it's still a bit fuzzy. The idea though is if if they had known what was going to happen with Star Wars? Like this little tiny movie, this little little movie that became big, right? Let alone what happened with a movie like Halloween, a little little movie, like a movie that may have made for nothing and became a franchise. The franchise hadn't happened yet. Luke and I talk about this too. The franchise, like what was the franchises back then? There were no franchises. The, you had was you had Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes, but it's. It's the same characters, a bunch of different movies, right. but it wasn't like part one, part two, part oh, three, part it's four. All different, the different, different books, right? That's what I'm saying is, like, not that you're going to make a franchise with Kong, 
But like the idea though, like that, I mean, and there is a sequel to Kong 76. That's the kicker of the whole thing. It came 10 years later as King Kong lives. It's a direct sequel to that. He looks nothing the same and it's completely different, but it's a direct sequel. Um, and everyone in the movie is different. So the thing is like, if they had kind of known that that was coming and that's really what happens. I mean, I'm not even talking about like Indiana Jones and those things that came later on. The, they, maybe they would have approached it differently. Maybe they would have said, look, we're not, we're not, this, this mechanical thing ain't going to work. It, it hasn't, it didn't work in Jaws. Why is it going to work now? Maybe we go the, the stop motion route. Maybe we wait till 77 and get Harry Howes in here and do this. Cause that's what, Eye of the Tiger and yeah, well, that's, uh, Golden uh, Voyage. Right. And that, that's that, a, that, that was that three because the, the one after, uh, and Valley of Guanji, uh, yeah, lots earlier. Early. Yeah. But I mean, right after Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, he had the three year, the three year hiatus before, uh, Clash of the Titans. Well, came yeah, out. yeah. Because that that's that took that long to to make. But that's what I'm saying is like I mean, if if they had had that idea, we could have had Harry Housen working, the, and it didn't have to be Harry. It could have been Danforth. I mean, yeah. Danforth was still young enough. Oh, to do it this could stuff. have been David Allen too. Yeah, right. Anyone, anyway, right? But if they had done that, right? And but but again, not wanting to being stubborn in what they were looking at. Like, well, I'm going to do it my way. If we had had a, a stop motion, a well done stop motion. Because we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, Danforth stuff and whatever. Well done stop motion uh, creature effects. It would have won. You wouldn't have had just him fighting the snake, which yeah, was well, bad. Yeah. It was bad, right? It would have it would have made the, I mean, I don't I don't know how much better it would make the end of the movie with at the, at the, tw the Twin Towers and stuff. Because you're still getting the machine guns killing him and stuff. But I don't know. I, I think there had to be decisions made other places about, like, who you're casting, who's writing this. I mean, I feel like someone didn't read it. Yeah. See, the, the other thing too is when you, when you when you think of Kong and and Skull Island, you think of Kong and all of the creatures that lived there. Yeah. When you look, there aren't even any birds right. in the sky. So who's he eating? Yeah. Is he is he eating all the trees? Yeah. And then every once and then that's that 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 mechanical snake. I mean, that was the disappointment for me in in a way that there was. And There's the, nothing to it, right? I mean, the, you've got the Stegosaurus, you've got the the the, the Brontosaurus, you've got the scene that we don't see, which is the uh, uh, the uh, the the one with the one horned guy yeah, chasing them right. to the log. Then you got Khan, and then you got the t the T Rex. Well, you got the creatures it, in the bottom we don't right. even get to see. Like it's just so much of the island, it, right? Yeah, and I think that's what Skull Island really brought back, and that's why Kong right. Skull Island was so well received because it literally was like you're like, what are we watching? Oh, is that a it's that that tree's moving. Oh, that's a daddy long legs, and it just impales a guy like like it's literally uh, you know a uh, can, uh, cannibal holocaust, right. you know, kind of thing or cannibal I mean, throw. You, so anyway. you, you you expect that that a one hundred foot gorilla that's living on an island yeah. has got to eat yeah. things that are big enough to keep him going, right? Like he does with the octopus, right? Exactly, which is a throwback, of so, course, to uh, you know for the the, the uh, to Toho. Anyway, folks, so. Uh, that's it for the Kong feedback. We do have other feedback. I do have other feedback, um, but we've already done about an hour. So uh, we're going to we're gonna cut this off. We'll do another feedback episode coming up. Um, keep in mind, obviously, that uh, our February episode, as always, right before Valentine's Day, always looking for something with love. And this time we got Jan in a pan, the brain that wouldn't mm -hmm. die. Yes, Jan in a pan will be making her debut. Um, there, That is... That is what a, that's what people think of B movies. That's what they think of. Right. They think of well, movie like that's that. as B as you that, can that, get. Well, just saying. I mean, you know, uh, and and you know, the, so the brain that wouldn't die will be our February movie, folks. So that about does it for us. So, like we say around here, folks, keep those cards and letters coming, and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters? Or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. 
I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram... Find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jacknetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?